So to get everybody up to speed to what's going on today, we are having church. You're here for that. That's great that you're here. But normally I tell you to, if I'm going to give any advice, I would say, can you please silence your phones? Uh, that's something that uh, we tend to think of when somebody's phone goes off in church. We think, uh-oh, I hope mine's down. Well, make sure it's silent now because I'd like you to have your phones on, but silence. So you can go ahead and do that now. It's fine. I'm telling you that because we are going to have a need to do a recording in a minute. Um, and uh, so what's going to happen, I'll explain a little bit later. But this church has been praying. Yes, we're going to take up an offering uh, separate from the tithes that we normally have in an offering tray. Uh, in a minute, we'll do that. I'll have Dustin and uh, Bill go around and collect. We've already had some donations. Uh, and, that's, and I'll tell you what that's all for. It's for this pizza person. We've been praying for months now that God would use us to bless a person who needs to be blessed by God. Right before Christmas, the Sunday before Christmas, we've been praying that God would send us someone who needs his blessings. And we've been praying that God would use us to deliver that. So we're, we've been praying because we're planning to order pizza. It's been ordered. Enough for everybody. This is part of my Christmas to you. Everybody. Doesn't matter if you're here for the first time. Everybody. There's enough pizza and salad for everybody after church. So we hope you stay. But we've got the pizza ordered. It's going to be delivered. It might be delivered while I'm still up here. It might be delivered. Hopefully, um, if it comes during a kid's portion where they're doing a little skit, um, we'll hold off and make the pizza person wait a little bit so we don't interrupt the kids. But we're going to pray that God's timing works out. Right now, I'm going to pray one more time about that whole thing we've been praying, and then I'm going to begin my part. God, thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your plan, of loving us enough to use us to love others. We ask that you would help us do that this morning. I ask that you, as we've been asking, that you will send that person here to deliver the pizza so we overtip them with what we collect so that they will feel your love through us and feel blessed by you the perfect time. We know that this will bless them. We know that this will bless you and it will bless us. So we lift this before you and ask you to continue with your guiding hand in that. We ask now that you would also continue to bless us in this service and every part of it. Whatever we've come in with, any distractions, whatever's been weighing heavy on us, Lord, take that from us so that we can be open to your will, will in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so you'll see a list of messages up behind me. Last week, it was kind of weird. Those of you who weren't here, uh, there were people here. I wasn't. I had COVID. I was quarantined, and I'm good. I tested myself before I interacted with anybody, so I'm clear. But here's the messages. The unexpected message you see today has just got underlined. 
The unexpected message, this church is full of such gracious people. I made uh, a few mistakes in there calling Howie uh, Long or Howie Mendel something else. And I made a few others, but you guys are so gracious. I appreciate it. Uh, you can say, well, he was sick. I felt great. Had no symptoms, really. I was doing good. Glad to be back with you. I love my church family. The thing about the pizza thing is actually intertwined within the message. So here's, you'll see up behind me, the pizza poster that have been posted around. This is the time we'll take up the offering. I've uh, put my mine in. So Dustin, wherever Dustin... Okay, good. Okay, so you can do it, Bill. Bill's going to go around and he's going to pass the offering plate. If you haven't given or you want to give more, Bill's going to take that. Um, if you want to give to overtip the pizza person that we've been praying for, um, we can pass an offering plate. There should be an offering plate under that offering plate. Yeah. And then uh, they will count the rest. <laughs> and they will give that to me. What they, after they take this, um, they will, Bill and Dustin will count it together. There's accountability in that, and we will be giving cash to the, uh, the person that God sends us. And that's what that's all about. You already know about it. So as that's passing, I want to tell you about one more piece. And as they're doing that, I'm going to get that piece. You can go ahead and click that slide, JC, please. There's a picture of my truck in the church parking lot, and if he clicks it one more time, it'll zoom in. Hey, that says Central Kitsap Christian Church on it. I've already given some of these out. I've got more, and I will not leave this, I will not leave my stuff on the props for the kids, but those of you who want, I've got uh, plenty more of these. You can't hardly read it up here. I know. I'm sorry. I'm not a great photographer, but the Central Kitsap Christian Church vinyl that goes on your vehicle. I've got enough for every family. If you've already gotten one, great. Um, if you want more, you're going to have to pay for them because these cost me almost $10 a piece. So um, I do, this is a part of my Christmas gift. The pizza is the other part, but I have these for you. So when we're fellowshipping out here, just let me know if you want one and we'll do it. But let me give you this caveat. You put this on your car, <laughs> please represent. <laughs> I would love it if people in the area had this idea that those people with a Central Kitsap Christian Church on the back of their vehicle, they're so courteous. They're so selfless. They, uh, they're nice people. They give up parking spaces for others. They, they, uh, they're not self-centered and they, they obey the laws. <laughs> Um, that would be good, because in a time of the year when people are rude and self-centered, it's kind of nice to see people who aren't. So if you're going to put this on your vehicle, even if you're only here for a short time, I know we got some that are, we're, we're going to lose some more families, stick them on there if you want and represent. Uh, that would be cool. There's already some in the parking lot. I'll try to remember to grab this off the stage when I leave. But this is actually part of the message today. So... Let's go ahead and jump into the text as we're going through Philippians. We'll read it to you now. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. 
This is just the first part, and this is a this is one of the most fun books in the New Testament. It's a book that's all about joy, and you'll see that coming out again today. And notice Paul is compelling people. He's talked about his joy already, how he's full of joy upon joy. And that's, that is so cool. So he starts this part of his letter, bouncing from that with the word so, if there's any encouragement in Christ, of course there is. If you get a letter like this from a mentor who says, I am so grateful that you are representing so well, and that's what we just read in the other part, there is encouragement in Christ. So if there is any, you know what he's doing. He's, he's, he's undergirding what he's about to tell us. Any comfort from love, of course there is. Any participation in the Spirit, of course, Christians. Any affection and sympathy. Now, those are some interesting words. I'm not going to give you the Greek stuff up behind me for that. I've got it for something else in a minute. But the word for affection is the same word, the Greek word splachna, that is described as Jesus was hanging on the cross and he had compassion on the people that were hurling insults at him. That word splachna, it sounds kind of gross. Splachna. Well, it is. It means your innards are turning. I don't know if you've ever felt that when you, maybe you've watched a recent... Uh, Christmas movie, even if it's a Hallmark movie that's predictable. But if you've watched a Christmas movie that really gets to you, you know, you feel that feeling and lump in your throat, tears well up in your eyes, maybe even your stomach turns. When you care deeply for someone, it, it's, it goes deep inside. You feel it. That's what that word for affection is or sympathy. If there's any of this, complete my joy. So Paul's given the idea that he's full of joy upon joy, but it can be complete if you do something. And he says, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Did you notice that's there twice, the mind? It's the same word too. You know, I keep talking about the neuroplasticity and repent, which means change your mind. It is all about that. It's what we're supposed to be doing as a church, helping people to get their minds in line with what God would have us. And right here in the text, we see it jump out again. Watch this. I want to show you that part about being in full accord, because that one's a little obscure. So let's clarify. I want to give you the Greek. You'll see it underlined. There's a Greek word coming up. That's Greek to me. And now you'll see a transliteration of the Greek word. Simpsikoi, and if it, I don't have the root word, but now that it's split, there's two words, two Greek words, it's a compound word, simp and sikoi. Now, I want you to notice that sikoi part. Does it look like we might get English words from that? You bet we do. Psychology? And it's a, it's a fascinating thing. So look at the definitions. For the first part of the word, look at this, closely united. And the second part of the word in soul or purpose. I don't know if you knew that, but when you see the word psychology, it doesn't always come to mind that this has to do with your soul or purpose. We think of the mind because that's the way we typically use it. But it comes from a word that means in soul or purpose. You see, that's your very inner being. It's, it's who and what you are. And notice this, if you put all that together, notice what the, he says, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in closely united in soul and purpose, and of one mind. So essentially, put it all together, you see the title up there, I gave this little section, be unified in mind, love, and soul. And if you want to, 
I, I don't have it clarified, but I will later. You could replace that word love with heart. Mind, heart, and soul. Isn't that fun? That's just the first part of our text. So I'm loving this. So let's go to the next part. There's another fun piece here. I'll read it to you now. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you not look only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Some of your translations say it this way in that second part, consider others better than yourselves. Now, I want to, we see the first part, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Now, conceit doesn't fit Christianity. Arrogance doesn't belong. We don't, we don't look at ourselves as greater than others. When we do, God will humble us. So he, he gives us this instruction to humble ourselves and count others greater than ourselves. And I want you to, he doesn't say don't take care of yourself, but he says, look out for the interests of others. I want to give you an acrostic you've seen before because I've given it to you before. And here it starts with the letter J. If you want to have joy, this is what you have to have. Jesus first. Second is O. That stands for others. And then the last one is a Y, yourself. So if you put Jesus first, others second, yourself last, then you can have joy. And if you don't figure that out, you will be lacking. That might stick in your head. It seems festive with the colors that we have up behind me on the screen. But I want to show you another slide that helps explain this idea of authentic humility. Um, You've got yourself, which is what the world teaches. You have to look out for number one above everything else. Don't worry about other people. Look out for you. This is if you're gonna, if you're going to get a self help book outside of a Christian bookstore, typically it's going to tell you it has to be life has to be all about yourself. In fact, even in the church, we let this creep in in different ways. It used to be that when parents would say "I love you" to their child, they were simply representing the fatherhood of God as they did this. God demonstrated His love by sending His Son, John three sixteen. You know the verse, and He did this to save the world, and that is accessible to all of us. And when you say "I love you" to a child like you're representing God, you are not expecting necessarily. You're not doing this so that you get a response. You're doing this because you want them to know you love them. You're demonstrating love. It's love that is, it's untainted love. It is unfailing love. It's love that is not designed with any ulterior motive selfishly. So in other words, when God loves us, he's not loving us so that he gets to feel better. He's loving us because he loves us. And when we love others, when we say, I love you to a child, it should be to demonstrate, not just with your words, but with your actions, that you love that child. But we've gotten to a point now, we're not even ashamed of our motives, and motives matter. Sometimes we say, I love you to a child, so that they will say it back. It's okay to teach a child to do that, But our motive for loving a child should be to show them we love them, not to feed our ego. So let's not let that creep into our lives. We got self at the top and others at the bottom. Watch, this is authentic humility. Watch this. This is the priorities that we're supposed to have according to the Bible. Others 
first ourselves last. That's the way it's supposed to be. This requires selflessness. And if this is a foreign concept to you, it's, it seems very difficult and hard to wrap your head around, it's probably because you're not doing the selfless part, you're doing the selfish part. God showed us what selflessness looks like on the cross, and that's what our text is leading up to. This might help you. I don't know if it will, but uh, it helped me. I'm not very good at resting. I haven't been good at this for a long time. I wrote a recent newspaper column. It's on our uh, Facebook page. If you guys do social media and you get on the church Facebook page, I highly recommend when you see something you like on there, share it from the page or whatever, and maybe people will come to know Jesus as a result. But I wrote about this, so I'll keep it short. If you've read it, you won't get bored that way. But I was forced to rest because I got COVID hours away from my family or you And I isolated myself alone, and I tried to actually legitimately rest. I spent some time reading the Bible and praying. I wanted to be like a Sabbath rest. But I did did turn the, the TV on to watch a program, It's a Wonderful Life. I do that every year. I try. And in this movie, It's a Wonderful Life, you'll see a black and white still up behind me. That's George Bailey. He's at a, if you remember the movie, and if you don't know the movie, I'm not going to give it away, but he's looking at a photograph of his father, Peter Bailey, on the wall at a time in the movie where he makes a decision that will impact his life and everybody's that he impacts for the rest of his life. And just before he makes that decision, he's looking at this picture of his deceased father and a quote from his deceased father. Here's the quote, all you can take with you is that which you've given away. And that actually ends up being the point of the movie. But it's very subtle. A lot of people don't even notice that he looks at that and then makes a decision. But I wanted to give that to you in case that could help you with this idea of selflessness because Mr. Bailey learned that it is a wonderful life if you live it in such a way that you are selfless. It comes back around and it provides blessings. That's the way God works. But let's continue on with the text because he's got a point here. Beginning with verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, born as a baby. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. This, ver- this section of scripture became very special to me when I was a freshman in college. I took a class to become a disc jockey. You get training to become a radio disc jockey. I didn't last very long doing that because I, I did things on... Uh, on the air that they didn't think was funny, and I thought it was funny. But I, it's just not my thing. I'm not going to be a disc jockey. Okay. But I did pass the class. With, I think I got an A in the class. But this was one of the requirements of the class was to read this and make it listenable. This is one of the longer uh, sentences in the Bible. And you see in the middle of it, there, the translators in the English Standard Version actually put a, a period 
to break it up, but then they started the next sentence with and, because it is a long sentence. Quickly, have this mind among you. Notice he says he wants us to be unified in mind in one particular passage, twice plus in heart and soul. Have this mind among you. He brings it up again. We, as God's people, are supposed to have a certain way of thinking. At Christmas time, this is one of those things we try to do when we're buying gifts for other people. We try to think like the other person. What would they like? Well, when it comes to Christianity, we're supposed to think like Christ. What would he like? It's one of those things that I have to do as a person who stands up on a platform and delivers a message that I hope highlights Scripture in such a way that you want to look at it, you want to understand it, and you want to live it. However, what's going to happen from time to time is if I actually do what I'm supposed to be doing, if I'm trying to think of it as what would make God happy, it's sometimes not going to make some of you happy. Because sometimes what makes God happy is a swift kick in the pants to some of us. That's what I feel when I open up his word. Sometimes it's like, oh, man, I got to do better. That's what I feel when I remember that I have Central Kitsap Christian Church on the back of my truck. (laughs) Be nice. I'm representing. Have this mind amongst yourself. We're supposed to think together as a group of Christians with a unified mind. Again, here it is. Have this mind which is yours in Christ. Some translations say have the mind of Christ. I would love to be accused of that. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing to see on someone's headstone? Maybe your own, you don't want to see that, but wouldn't it be wonderful if people wanted to put on your headstone, she had the mind of Christ. Wow. I want to live that. I don't think there's a better thing that could be said. Who, though he was in the form of God, because he was with God, From the beginning, remember, all things were spoken into existence through the Word. John 1 highlights this. If you want to read that at Christmas time, probably not a better passage to read to the children uh, other than maybe from the other Gospels. But John 1 is powerful. He was in the form of God, but he didn't consider consider equality with God a thing to be grasped. That word for grasped, grasped means clung to. It means something that you have that you could let go of. Jesus let go of some of his godhood to come in the form of a baby, vulnerable to people who had to care for him, vulnerable to life on earth where he had to eat and drink and clothe himself and all those things. In heaven, you're a spiritual entity. On earth, you're a physical being. He as God could be everywhere all at the same time, omnipresent, but becoming the form of man and the form of a baby. So what we celebrate at Christmas time, he's in one place. So he didn't cling to his godhood. He could feel physical pain. So a lot of things that He gave up to become. And then on top of that, he not only can he feel physical pain now, he's going to feel an incredible amount of it when he goes all the way to the cross because he gets tortured along the way. It says, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. And that word, I left these notes up here in the English Standard Version because I wanted to highlight these different parts. This servant, that's the same exact word for slave. 
Jesus chose to be submissive to the disciples that were following him. He washed their feet like a slave. Being born in the likeness of men. Do you see how... I didn't plan this this way. I didn't actually map this out and say, you know what, I need to make sure that when I'm preaching through Philippians that just before Christmas we talk about the birth of Christ. I didn't plan it that way, but I think God did because look, here it is. There it is right there. Being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. And that's... Why we had communion to remember what he went through. Now, let's look at the final chunk in our text right now. Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. And that is a wonderful way to put a cap on this passage because the reality is, even if you are here today and you don't believe, someday, we're told very clearly in other parts of the Bible, someday we are told that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. If you don't do it today, you will be forced. And it'll be too late. We don't want that. So in the hustle and bustle of Christmas, as we get so caught up in all the other things that are associated with the holidays, we need to focus on what it's all supposed to be about. And God's trying to get us to focus on that right now in this text. Now, I'm going to read to you. uh, There's going to be two slides, and I've got three points in each slide, and we're going to go through this quickly. Those of you who have your phones and you're ready to record when the pizza person comes in, I'm going to have them come up front, and I'm going to hand that Uh, amount to them. I don't know the amount yet, but when I uh, do, I will hand that to them. And I want some of you, if you don't mind, to record and some of you to take pictures. And you can talk to me later if you don't know how to get them to me, but I'd like to get them so that we can post them so that people can be more blessed as the days go on. But here's, first of all, three things under authentic humility requires. Authentic humility requires, first of all, purpose. If you are wandering through life not knowing what you need to be doing, and that's okay, especially if you're a kid. You don't know. Some adult comes up and says, what are you going to be when you grow up? And you don't know. I mean, you might have some ideas, but they'll change along the way. But as you get further in life, one of the things you need to learn as a Christian is you have to have purpose, and Christ has that for you. It's very clear in Scripture what we're supposed to be doing. Authentic humility requires purpose. We have to know where our place is in this world. And the closer you get to God, the more you realize you need to be closer. Second, authentic authentic humility requires prioritizing. Remember that joy acrostic? Jesus first, others second, yourself last. 
Authentic humility requires that because if you don't get that right, then there will be times where you, are, you will be demanding your way while crushing the spirit of somebody else. We don't want that. God doesn't want that. Number three, authentic humility requires selflessness. If this is something that's hard for you to wrap your head around, it's probably that selflessness part. That's the part that sticks with a lot of people. They just get stuck there. They feel like if I live my life selflessly, then everybody's going to run over me. Well, people will. It's part of it. It happens. But God will bless you anyway. Look at this next slide. Authentic humility produces unity in three things. First of all, mind. That's thinking. If we are truly humble, we realize God is greater than anything. And others must be lifted up above ourselves. Then we can be unified in mind as a body and as individuals and accomplish God's purpose for us. Number two, authentic humility produces unity in heart or love, how we love. I want to highlight something. We are about to spread some love to somebody that doesn't know us. I don't know how that's all going to work out. I mean, it could be, what if the pizza, well, hey, pastor, what if the pizza doesn't show up until after we're already done with the service? It's okay. God will bless it. You watch. He's that way. He, he has a plan. It's far better than anything we could orchestrate. And I already know that he is orchestrating a great plan here. Bill, do you have that uh, money and the envelope? Can you bring it up here to me right now? All right. Can you bring it up here to me? And we have them take it out of this, or are they just going with them? That's up to you. I just the do we need this? Do we need this? I'll buy another one if we need another one of these. Oh, no, I think we need this. We have to have this, don't we? Okay. Well, we'll have them figure it out out there. Uh, the amount is how much? $2,186.27. Do you hear that? Say that, say that louder, Bill. $2,186.27. Almost $2,200. That we're going to over-tip a pizza person. Have you ever heard of anybody getting a tip that big before? And look, we are a small group of people. God is choosing to use us. You know this person's going to feel loved, whoever they are. Over $2,000. Wow. All right, I will take both of these off the stage if they don't get here while I'm still going. Authentic humility produces unity in, third thing, our soul, our very being. What has happened to us as we've been doing this? I don't know if you just kind of felt that rush go through you. What? We're giving over $2,000 in an over tip to somebody that we don't know? Yes, we are. God's doing this through us to love somebody. And the, the way this is working is he's got us as a congregation. And if you're just visiting with us, you got to be a part of this. We are in one mind, one heart, and one soul. Does this feel good to you? We're already blessed, and we haven't even done it yet. (laughs) This is amazing. It really is a wonderful life, isn't it? I want to have JC raise up this screen now. We're done with all of my slides, by the way. So do you know how to do that, JC? 
You don't know how to do it? Well, Dan's going to help him do it. It's a, weird, it's a switch on the wall. And it, what we're going to, you can see right here, and you're not going to see it that great, but if you come on December 24th, those of you who don't know, we have a Christmas Eve communion service between 6 and 7 p.m. Whatever you're doing, if you've got family over, preparing meals, wrapping gifts, whatever you're doing, if you have the time, drop in. And by drop in, I mean come and go between 6 and 7 anytime. Spend one minute, five minutes, whatever. You'll be served communion. It, it, it might, it'll be set up similar to this, but I will actually be here and I will serve it to you. And we will have this. It's going to be similar to this. The room will be dark. The cross will be, uh, there's a light back there that actually lights up the manger and the cross. There's going to be some candles. You're not going to have to deal with candles, but you'll see them. And there will be a mood that's very different when you walk in this room. It will feel very, very Christmassy when you walk in here. And you're going to be suddenly taken back in time to some Christmas memories. You're going to be suddenly taken back in time to thinking about what Jesus did, the birth and the cross. And we're going to dwell on that. If you're here one minute, five minutes, or 30 minutes, whatever you choose. And we're going to be quiet in the lobby because the people are sitting in here. Uh, my experience has been, it's kind of weird. My experience has been when I was in Lacey for 18 years, um, almost every year we would have a stranger just walk in from off the streets and they would walk out and the timing would be where I couldn't get to them and Stephanie couldn't get to them. And we never even got names. That happened so many years. But they came in and were blessed by a moment in time where they stopped and prayed and dwelled on what the holiday's all about. I would like, if you don't mind, before we have the invitation and the song of invitation, to have another prayer. So let's do that right now. God, thank you so much for all that you've done for us. You've blessed our days in so many ways. Sometimes we don't even stop to pause and dwell on all the blessings, but you, you've done that. Yes, Lord, there's been difficulties. There's been, there's been hard things we've had to go through, but you've blessed us anyway. And this morning, you've already blessed us by our own contributions to try to show someone some of your love. We thank you for including us in that. Thank you for giving us your word that motivates us and encourages us. Thank you for the fellowship of believers that are here this morning. Thank you for the kids that are here in this room that are being so well behaved. Thank you for the parenting that goes along with that. I thank you for the rest of the service where we will be blessed even more. We love you, Lord. We hope we show you that. In Jesus' name, amen.